Welcome to the Badassery Unleashed podcast, episode number 10 with Denise Duffield-Thomas. Hi, I'm Laura Francis and welcome to the Badassery Unleashed podcast. The place creative, visionary and spiritual online entrepreneurs come to challenge how things are done, to disrupt social norms and to question their beliefs so that they can be free to live their lives fully expressed on their terms and by their rules. If you're ready to raise two fingers to the archaic social constructs and rules we live and do business by, to get clearer on who you are at a core level, to unapologetically speak your truth, to tap into your internal power and to unleash your message onto the world so that you can easily attract your soulmate clients and claim the success, money and lifestyle you desire and deserve, then you're in the right place. Denise Duffield-Thomas is the money mindset mentor for the new wave of online female entrepreneurs. Her best-selling books, Lucky Bitch and Get Rich Lucky Bitch, give a fresh and funny roadmap to create an outrageously successful life and business. Denise helps women release their fear of money, set premium prices for their services and take back control of their finances. Denise is an award-winning speaker, author and entrepreneur who helps women transform their economy class money mindset into a first-class life. Find Denise at www.luckybitch.com. Hey Denise, I'd love to welcome you to the show. It's a pleasure to have you here and I know with the topics we're going to be speaking about today that our listeners are going to get so much value and even if they take just one thing away from this episode, it's going to change the way they live their life and do business, am I right? Well, I hope so, but I think what you just said, Laura, that's my philosophy is make tiny little tweaks over time. That's actually all you need to do. So thanks for having me on the show. Absolute pleasure. I'm really stoked to have this interview with you. I've been um, connected with you for a while online. And so I'm really excited about this interview. What I want to discuss today are a couple of things. One, we're going to talk, and this interview is going to go longer than normal because it's going to be awesomer, but we're going to discuss how to use the law of attraction to manifest money and the mental game of making money online. Now, I think it's really beautiful that we speak about these because these are things that a lot of women especially spiritual and visionary creative women, they really struggle with because it's like that whole you have to be one or the other or you can't ask because, you know, it's rude and, you know, we're all taught this stuff. So let's talk about that, Denise. What are your thoughts on how women feel around those topics? Okay, so the very first thing that we get taught about money is don't put that in your mouth, money is dirty. That's the first message that we all get around money. And I totally forgot about that until I had my own kids. And even though by then I'd been working on my own money mindset for quite a while, the first time Willow, my first kid, picked up money, she went to put it in her mouth. I said, don't touch that, money's dirty. And then I went, oh my God, that's what we all get taught from such a young age. So we started saying to her, hey, don't put that in your mouth. We take care of money. And I, I noticed she was about two years old and she was playing with money at, um, at a restaurant. And this waitress said, oh, honey, don't play with that. Money's dirty. And she went, no, it's not. <laughs> and it, was so cute. it was so cute. But it really made us, it really made me think that we just get these really conflicting messages from a very young age around money, regardless of how we grew up, by the way. 
So I've asked people, um, I've done polls and said, were you rich, middle class or poor growing up? Okay. And you think it was really black and white. It's not. Some people would say, you know what? I grew up poor and I had no idea. Or my parents were millionaires and I didn't know until I was a teenager because they always spoke as if we were, you know, one step from being on the streets. So it's so fascinating how all the, these messages we get from a very young age impact how we feel about money today. And the second message we get as very young people is at our birthday parties. It's, you know, we say, make a wish, but don't tell anybody or it won't come true. And then as adults, I say to people, what's your dream? And they cannot tell me. It's like such a mental block from, because not only at their own birthday parties, they saw it at other people's birthday parties too. So we say that in our family, we say, Hey, you have to tell people your dreams if you want them to come true or, you know, a dream shared is a dream multiplied or whatever. But, um, and that's not even talking about the messages we get as women you know, of girls about you have to share. And when I ask people about pocket money and about were there any differences between, you know, boys and girls in your family, even today, a friend of mine said that her granddad or her dad, sorry, gave her kids $50 to the boy, $10 to the girl. It still happens. It still happens today. And there are studies based on that girls get less pocket money than boys do. So no wonder. That's a shit <laughs> no message, wonder we've got all this crap about money. That's a yeah, terrible message. Is. And because like all of us, every single one of us, and I, I agree, it doesn't matter the, the wealth background of the family. There is always a limiting belief or a shitty belief around money. And I, I really feel that it's critically important that we educate our clients, our audiences, our friends, our family, that... It doesn't matter how much money mindset work you do. There's always another layer to peel back. And mindset work in general, right? Because people think when they come into a coaching arrangement, like sometimes, and I'm sure you've had it, people will come in and they'll think, oh, I've done that mindset work. Now I don't need to do it again. But I often talk about how it wears different disguises, right? How it has different masks, the the belief or the, you know, the sabotaging behavior and that kind of thing. I think that's a brilliant way to put it about the disguises and masks. Um, the way I always talk about it is um, I heard David Nagel, who's a money guy yeah. say new level, new devil. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, that's so great. But what I find actually it's new level, old devil or new level, mm-hmm. same devil, because it is, it's the same stuff that you're going to experience, but you'll just experience it in different ways. Yeah. So if you feel guilty about making money at the very start of your business, that guilt will, will continue on with you. And when I hit a new income, plateau it's that same feeling of guilt that I have to deal with um luckily you the same tools work which is great but it's just you have to remind yourself that it is an ongoing process for the rest of your life and that's okay yeah exactly and uh, you know um I think Jim Quick was saying on um, Twitter the other day, something along the lines of, sorry, on Instagram, something along the lines of if you're not going forwards you're going backwards right and I like I just can't not go forward even if that's like little micro steps and sometimes i'm sure you're on you're you're familiar with this too it feels like they're really tiny micro steps right and then suddenly you're there and it's like oh i made it and sometimes you know like you you need to we, we forget to realize just how much work we've done and how far we've come but it's very easy to think we've come far enough and that's all we all we have to do what message do you have for women who, who feel that they've done all of the work already and they've got no more to do? 
Well, if, if that's the case and they're earning all the money that they want and they've got everything on their be do and have list, then all power to you, you know, like that's fine. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I'll have to say sometimes it's okay to coast for a little bit. You know, sometimes yeah. you don't have an urgent dream that you want to work on and it's okay to honour the seasons of your life too. Sometimes you're in winter mode and you just want to relax and hibernate. Sometimes you're in harvest mode. Sometimes you're in summer mode. And what I find damaging is thinking that you have to be on the go all of the time, right? So as long as you are, you know that you're in the space of life, but you've still got more things to go. Like this is, the, this is, I think, the paradox of the law of attraction, right? It's always about giving you more of what you already have. Yeah. So you have to find a way to be content and grateful for what you have. And also, it's okay for you to want more, and, yeah. but it's not coming from a place of, desperation or insecurity or lack it's coming from a place of expansion of wouldn't it be fun if we could do this as well um that's unfortunately where a lot of women second guess themselves because they have been told from a young age you get what you get and you don't get upset and we don't feel like we're allowed to have more or we feel bad if other people in our lives don't want more and we're afraid about shining them or making them feel bad or having something different to other people in our life. For me, when I would have a big win, have a big sales month, I would always spend on my partner first. That's such a shit thing to do because we as women are so educated that the, the men in the family or the, anyone else in the family must come before us. But that is extraordinarily limiting in so many ways. It really is. Or I find that people do, do the same for their kids. Yeah. You know, it's okay for their kids to have the best of everything, but, you know, you're trying to start a business on a broken laptop, you know, or you're not giving yourself any, even any space in the house. And sometimes you're in a space of life where there isn't any extra and yeah. you do have to script. But, you know, but, but I find that a lot of people, there are more resources to, available to them than they allow themselves to receive. Um, and that's when you've got women who, you know, they're like, oh, no, um, I'll just work like on the dining room table and you're, and you're putting all this pressure on yourself to create a, a business and you're not giving yourself the, you know, the best start, I suppose, mm. in business when that could potentially, you know, change the fortune of your family's life forever. Yeah, absolutely. When, like I mentioned to you just before we started the show, how I bought this um, house in the mountains last July and when we, we're looking at the house because it's got a beautiful loft, which has since become my office. And it looks out over the fields, over the paddocks and that sort of thing. It's just, it's beautiful. And we walked in and my partner goes, oh, this could be the drum studio. And I said, oh, no, that's not the drum studio. That's my office. And <laughs> I was completely unapologetic about staking my claim on that. And where I'm sitting now, because it gets really hot in the loft, um, there's no opening windows, so the, the, the northwest sun just glares in. About now it would be really hot in there. Basically, we've got a three-bedroom home and two spare bedrooms. So I've claimed the front bedroom as where we are right now as my meditation room slash winter office slash yoga studio slash video studio, right? Look, it's a, it's a bit of all things. But it, it allows me the space to do that. And he said, well, maybe I can set the drum kit up in there. And I said, well, no, the drum kit can go into the, into the shed because the shed's divided into two. You can have, like, your entire man cave 
and I'm taking both bedrooms, you know, the loft and the front bedroom, and then there's a spare bedroom. And I did not mind at all doing that. But years ago, I would have gone, oh, okay, you know, like, that's okay. I'll just, like, shove myself in a freaking corner and do what yeah. has to get done no matter how uncomfortable I am. Did you ever absolutely that yourself? All the time. Absolutely all the time. And we're actually building a house at the moment and I had to really fight for having an office external to the house. It's above a, like a pool house kind of thing. And it's really cool. And there were so many times in the planning process that, you know, they were like, oh, well, this is going to block this view from the neighbor. And, you know, this might take us over the floor space ratio. And I just had to really sit with it because my first reaction too was, oh, well, let's just scrap the office. That's okay. Mm. I can... I can work from the study nook. I can work. I can be less than to keep me happy, right? Absolutely. And what I had to do is remind myself that not only did I need that space, but to be honest, the reason why we we're building that house in the first place was because of my business. Exactly. You know, and I'm going to sit there. I'm going to have this big corner window. I'm going to sit there and go, this is the house that lucky bitch built. Yeah. And I deserve to have this, you know, queenly tower. Absolutely. <laughs> my, right. You absolutely and, and I know your, your husband, he works in your business at the moment. You know, I think irrespective of their contribution, but if you are the brand, if you are what brings the money in and they support that, then you're quite deserving of all the things. I mean, apart from that, you're deserving of all the things anyway, right? No, that's true. I mean, you can think of it from a lot of different ways. And sometimes women think, well, my business isn't doing well, so I cannot be... I cannot do that. You're still the queen bee of your family. You're still the queen bee of your life. And, you know, if mum isn't happy or if the wife isn't happy or the partner isn't happy or you're not happy, you can't give anything to everyone really to your, to your best. So yeah. I do think of, of that. Um, I, I've said to Mark before, I've said, I'm the golden goose. You know, if you, if you wear me out, there's no golden eggs. You know, like you can cut me open. There's no golden eggs in there. And, you know, he's a very hard worker, but what we've been able to achieve in my business is because of, because of me. But, and we have to protect that. Of so course. I'm like, I am the show pony. I'm not the plow horse. Yes, exactly. We can, hire, we can hire other ponies to help us in the field, but I'm the show pony. Yeah. And it's, it was really hard to have those discussions because I felt like the biggest bitch. And I felt like, you know, oh, what I'm saying to him is that your role is not important. And it's like, mm. no, it, it is important. And actually I want you to get help too. Yeah. It's not a matter of, one of us doing it it's like either nobody should be doing this or we should be outsourcing it yeah i think outsourcing is it's the shit right like i, I love it totally and i've got a couple of assistants of my own and have had for years and years i've always got at least two assistants on hand depending on you know what needs to be done then i'll call on extra contractors but i just won't do everything myself. I mean, I am a controlling bitch. I do try to do all things and then it's when I feel like it's become hard, when it is becoming hard, when it feels like a push, I just go, fuck, I've got to let go of this. But And I was chatting with a friend of mine, Rachel Dunn from Girl Director the other day and we said about outsourcing something and she said, you know, like it's like letting go control and, of control and it's like it totally is and sometimes that's really difficult. How does... That's a really good segue. How does fighting for control and, and fighting to be the person that does everything and, and fighting to prove that you can do all the things affect you from a, an attraction, a law of attraction, manifestation, a receiving perspective? Well, my first rule of 
law of attraction, always, 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 is to declutter, make room, mm. make space. And even if you don't know really what it is that you want just yet, and you're not even sure what you should declutter, when in doubt, I go shave my legs. Honestly, <laughs> I really do. When in doubt, no, when in doubt, I like go and get my moustache removed. Like oh, awesome. just sometimes it's creating, just creating space and moving energy. And when you're doing all the things and when you're being everything to everyone, there's no space. So often if I'm, you know, trying to give someone business advice and they're saying, oh, I hate this, this and this. And I'm like, well, you're going to have to let some of that go because you have no space for the clients that you say that you want. You have no space for, you know, that book deal that you say that you want or for more fame or whatever. You don't even have space to have, you know, people join your program because you don't have the customer service in place. You don't have the automation in place. The universe is only going to give you what you can handle right now. And um, if you're filling your plate with minutiae, with stuff that nobody should be doing, let alone you, there's just, there's no room. There's no room for anything. So sometimes, you know, when it's what's really satisfying, sitting and deleting things off my Foxtel, when you've um, like recorded a billion programs, if I just want to like create some space, I'll, I'll go, oh, I'll delete some stuff off my Foxtel. I'll go shave my legs. I'll go like, you know, delete off an old product out of my system or delete a page yeah. off my website and I just I just want to create space I want to move some energy so I can yeah. bring something else in yeah I love decluttering um Facebook and Instagram mm, <laughs> good right <laughs> unfollow because I'm not a collector of things but in saying that we're all fucking collectors of friends and and whatever on Facebook and I find a good clean out it's just so good for my soul and Sometimes you, you sit there and you look at the people and it's like, oh, you know, I'm holding on to this person because of what? And then it's like, what kind of belief is actually attached to that? What kind of limitation do I have attached to letting go of that person who has nothing to fucking do with me anyway and I have nothing to do with them? So then that's a really good way, um, a place for, for your limitations to come up for, the, you know, for you to get awareness around that. Absolutely. And you know what, like... I I think go one stage deeper and go really symbolic. So if you know that you want to start a new business, well, go and declutter all those old business cards from all your failed businesses. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like go all that box of books from that, you know, first self-published book that you did that you hate or whatever. Get rid of it. You know, anything that is symbolic to your goal, let it go. I always say to people as well, if you want to manifest a new partner or a soulmate into your life, you have to go and get rid of it everything that reminds you of your previous partners you have to make space in the closet for their for their clothes yeah. you have to you know make a drawer for them make space wash your sheets more often you know like make it make room simple things right yeah yeah simple things and i think you know we very we're, simple well, not, i think i know we're very bloody good at complicating the shit out of things and it has to be hard i mean that's what we're taught right we are taught that it has to be hard and that it has to hurt and it has to, um, we have to work really hard for the things that we want. And sometimes there's guilt attached when things come too easily. Yeah. And, and I find that some of the, way. we sabotage it exactly because, because we've been told, Oh, things come so easily to you, you lucky bitch. Yeah. And we withdraw and we, we, we make ourselves small again because we don't like to make other people feel bad about themselves. Even they've got nothing to do with that. Um, we don't like to feel like we're better than anyone. So, of course, we, we hold ourselves back. We, we dim our light a little bit. And 
that's the thing, right? You will absolutely, when people see how you're living your authentic expression, blah, 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 there will be people who will absolutely be threatened by it. I'm sure oh, yeah. you've experienced it too. Yeah. Laura. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they're just, you just have to work on your armor and that's the money mindset piece is working on your armor. Um, another piece of the armor is having people around you who are positive about money and who root for your success, who are not mm-hmm. jealous and who want you to succeed. That is another chink, you know, another armor that you need because that's when, when bad things happen, you can just call up your best friend and just go, Oh my God, this is what happened. You know, you need that support to continue on. I think. How that's interesting that you brought that up because my partner, Dan, he doesn't do internal work as I love so much. He doesn't do that. And he is a very confident guy and he believes all of his shits together, which, you know, none of us have got all of our shit together. And, and like, there's absolutely nothing wrong with him, but he's got money mindset issues that he won't own and can't see. Did you find when you were starting out or even now with Mark that, that you know, that where you're at on your, your journey, like it's transparently obvious that he wasn't there or isn't there and won't own certain things because I have these conversations with Dan and sometimes I have to have them with myself and in my journal and it's just like it's so apparent that there's a money mindset issue there and then I have to try not to take it on board. Well, that's the thing, right, is that you have to be so in your zone that you don't take it on board and a lot of women use their partners as their excuse. They mm. say, well, I would love to, you know, do this, this and this, but my my partner's got a, money, a negative money. I hate the money so partner objection. You can't. Yeah, exactly. You cannot use that as your excuse. If you have a big dream for your life, you have to stop waiting for someone else to make it happen and you have to be the keeper of that flame. Mm. And that means you have to protect that flame as well. You have to protect it from other people's stuff. So that means sometimes in the short term, like just first of all, just not expecting anyone else to change and just keeping your eye on your own thing because that can be a huge distraction for women. We go, oh, I noticed that my friend's got money money blocks and I'm going to try and talk to her about her money blocks. Like, no, focus on your own. And then it's like, well, what do I do about my husband? Focus on your own shit. You know, like I said to someone on the weekend, I was at a conference and I said, okay, picture that you've got a, a backpack on. And that's where your money blocks live. And you have to carry those around all the time, regardless of how much money work you do. And then I was like, why are you trying to carry your husband's money blocks for him? And why are you trying to carry your best friend's money blocks? It does not work. Just focus on your own. So that's the first thing to say. Second thing is, if you've got a partner who's open to this kind of work, you know, do it together. Like watch things together and recommend books and things like that. And then the third thing I'll say, which I'm, always a little reluctant to say is that sometimes when you start working on your money mindset and creating a a first class life for yourself, sometimes partnerships do diverge. Is that a nice way to say it? Diverge. That is a nice way to say it. Sometimes they do. Yeah. But so many women avoid doing the work because they fear that happening. They Mm. fear it happening. They rather would stay small and hoping that, that he'll change or she will change before they do anything. And you know what? doesn't always work like that. Sometimes they will come along with you because they're just swept up in your conviction for, your, for a better life. Sometimes you'll find that the difference is, is too great between you and that's okay as well. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm very passionate uh, about this topic. I know, yeah, absolutely. I'm like, and and I'm, I am big on releasing what doesn't serve you. And for me, a big part of releasing and something I've had to do, and I, it's ironic that it comes up 
in a lot of conversation. I released my entire family, right? I yeah. released the whole lot of them. I could not and would not be the Laura Francis that I am right now had I tried to keep them in my space and, you know, not upset the societal patriarchy. I, I just couldn't. And fuck, I would not change it for all the money in the world. Because that, to me, that, that peace, that serenity, that tranquility, that ease that comes with that empowerment, well, that's priceless to me. It is. And I know there's a lot of women that are, are terrified of losing that partner. But the sad but true thing about that is by holding on to someone who's not serving you, you are still vibrating at a different frequency and the law of attraction tends to send you in different directions regardless. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then you're, you're stuck with, you know, living a life that you, you don't want in, you know, in any way. So yeah, it's tough, but we have to do our own work. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's really awesome, Denise. Let's just go a little bit now into like the mental game of making money online what are some of the things, the, the most apparent blocks that come up for women in your experience? Okay, so this is great because it totally depends on what stage of business you're at, but I find that it follows a very predictable process. So yeah, it does because stage one, as I call it, people who are be maybe beginners in business or beginners around money. So you might have, have expertise in your field, but you're kind of new to the world of business. The biggest block I see at this stage is, charging full stop yes charging full stop it's like i'm allowed to receive money for something that i love it's like such a mind fuck for people it really is it's so, know, just weird thing. like do what you love and the money will follow but then there's a whole bunch of stuff around that where it's like well but that's not fair because my brother has to have a job that he doesn't like and that's not fair because my mum still has a job that she doesn't like who am i to receive money for something that i would do for free it's like, oh, well, the thing is, yeah, people don't have to have jobs they don't like. That's just the choices they're fucking making. Absolutely. But we as women, we want to try and control everyone and everyone's feelings and be all, you know. So we're thinking like, oh gosh, if nobody, if not everyone in the world can have this, then I, who am I to have this? I can't mm. have it. Mm. So that's when people get stuck in things like bartering. It's like, oh, well, I won't receive money. I'll just swap services with people, which sounds lovely, but it means you're energetically closed for business. Yeah. You really are when you can't receive money for what you do, you put yourself in a self-imposed apprenticeship forever. Yes. And there's no one telling you when you're out of that apprenticeship, by the way, no, no one's going to say, Oh, you've graduated now. Okay. now. You can charge. You have to charge. So that's the first mental game. The second part, stage two, I think is being okay with having awkward money conversations. And when I say awkward money conversations, this is things like getting your first refund request getting your first default payment of someone who doesn't pay you, getting your first request for a discount. All of those things are like the next rite of passage. It's like yeah. the next level of the video game that you, yeah, have to, you have to do. Unfortunately, a lot of those very normal things that are completely inevitable for everyone, they really stop people in their tracks. They're like, oh no, I just got an unsubscribe. I'm shit. I'm going to quit. You know, oh, someone's asked for a refund. That's it. Never doing it again. So that's definitely the next kind of mental game to, to master. Then I, th I would say the next one is expanding things in your business like passive income. You know, but it's okay outsourcing so you don't have to do everything yourself. 
really leveraging your business. So maybe instead of doing one-to-one work, you create programs or courses or, or DIY things for your clients or group coaching programs where you can have a lot of clients in at once. Um, asking clients to invest with you in a package instead of like hour by hour. That's kind of the next level because it feels like, hang on, am I doing the same amount of work but getting paid more for it? It's, again, another head fuss for us because we go, oh, no, I'm not allowed to do this. I have to, you know, I have to work hard individually for each each dollar that comes in. Um, And then I would say the next level after that is, is really expanding your mindset that you're allowed to touch a lot of people, you're allowed to help a lot of people, but you don't have to like sit down with them and like face to face and help them with all their problems. And and also that you don't have to help everyone. This is when discernment comes in. Maybe you start to grow your business beyond your original clients. Maybe you want to up your prices and become a premium based business instead of a you know, a, a cheap business. So there's always new levels to unlock, new fears, unfortunately, to unlock, um, and just new things to deal with, which are all very normal, but very easy for um, women in particular to psych themselves out over. Yeah, definitely. I remember years ago when I first went from charging hourly to charging per package, and it really wasn't the done thing like nine or ten years ago in the the virtual assistant space where I was at because it's so competitive. Well, I was I went in priced higher than almost everybody in Australia, and I valued myself from the beginning. Did I miss out on clients because of that? Yes. Did I get some really fucking awesome clients that stayed with me forever because of that? Yes. And I had a lot less shit clients. And when I went from charging hourly to monthly packages, I actually got people who were serious about their business instead of these people that were just scraping to get by. And I think, you know, that's one of the things we need to understand is the way we price ourselves reflects in the the type of people that we attract in because it's how we value ourselves, isn't it? It totally is. And it's not about being the most expensive, being the cheapest. A lot of people get freaked out about that because they feel like it's being like excluding people. It's not about that. But what it is, it's the energy that you're putting out, you're you're getting reflected back in your clients. So if you're charging a rate that you feel like really honours your skills and talents and all that kind of thing, you will attract clients who do that too. When you're like undercharging and then you're resentful as fuck about all your clients and you're like, I can't believe I'm giving them so much and they're paying so little. That's because you're just, you're attracting clients who are reflecting that back yeah. to you. They do not value you because you do not value yourself. Yeah. And that's always a thing, you know, like I remember a couple of months ago, I mentioned to one of my clients that I was more than doubling my minimum per month coaching package and I told her what it was and she goes oh that is so good thank you so much for leading the way thank you so much for honoring yourself and honoring us and I just thought you know I mean I've been doing this a while that's just so fucking beautiful that I have now got clients like that in my space that value me valuing myself and knowing that that values them in return I think that speaks volumes absolutely and it's going to bring up stuff for people. And what I find sometimes is some industries um, really hate when someone starts charging well for what they do. You know, some people will shame you for your prices. They'll yeah. try and shame you. Some, um, some industries, I remember a friend of mine was in the wedding industry and she was like, I'm going to charge a premium rate. 
And all the other wedding professionals, even though they weren't her clients, were bitching about her and yeah. saying, well, who do you think you are? And sometimes, you know, if you do that, if you're happy to value yourself, it actually raises the consciousness of your entire industry. It does. But some people are not going to like that. And <laughs> I'm sure that happened to you in the like VA that, industry. Right? I think it's perfectly okay. Struggled for a long time. I have a tattoo on my left shoulder blade that says what somebody else thinks of me is none of my business because it used to weigh so fucking heavily on my mind and on my heart. Like my soul would break with the, the condemnation and, and the hatred. And when I started really speaking my truth years ago, very bold and very bulgy, well, fuck, I got some haters. And so, you know, that, that brought up that, that thing again. So I went and had it tattooed on me. Not that I can see it and it's a reminder, but I know it's there. And it's a reminder to, to give zero fucks about what other people think of me and that it's what I think first. And when I value myself first, other people will also. And those people are the only ones who matter. You know what? I'm loving this conversation. And I was at a bookshop yesterday and I was looking at all the books and it was like the subtle art of not giving a fuck, oh, the God. French art of not giving a fuck, the Japanese um, courage, it was a book called The Courage to Be Disliked, a book that's come out. Um, you know, Sarah Knight's books about the magical art of not giving a fuck, or all those kind of books. And I just thought, we've just, it's so great because... We've just come to a moment where be who you are, be who you are and embrace it. Who cares if other people don't like it? It's just brilliant. Yeah. And I think, you know, you would have faced that with lucky bitch, right? And I know like it's, it's a little bit of back in your face, that word, right? Lucky bitch, those words, because people used to say that to you, didn't they? That oh, you're a lucky bitch. And it's just like, and so that power to you for using that as your, as your fucking weaponry. I think it's brilliant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I was inspired by my friend, Erica Learmark, who has a book called Think Like a Stripper. Oh, because that. when she, yeah, when she started her business, she was terrified that someone was going to out her, mm. you know, because of, she used to be a stripper. Yeah. And so she was like, fuck that. I'm going to write a book and just be like, yeah, I was a stripper. Yeah. No big deal. And it's really funny because when I did self-publish Lucky Bitch uh, in 2011, I did get so much pushback and people were like clutching their pearls over it. It was like, oh, and then now, as I said, just being in a mainstream bookshop and it's like, fuck shit, bitches all over the place. I, I was like, this is, this is brilliant. It's very powerful, very empowering because, you know, I mean, what you do and what I do is we want to empower women to give fucks about only the things that matter to them, right? And and to, to clear away all of the bullshit that's in their way, like the backpacks, like you spoke about before, that we're carrying around of everybody else's that we don't care about, but we've been told we need to care about. I'm all for giving zero fucks. And... I think that, you know, the, the less fucks you give, the happier you become. I actually know that. And I think that, you know, the more of us that are out there speaking that message and, and being that person, the better it is for our community overall, for humanity overall. I agree. And it's very attractive when you see someone who is just living their authentic life even if it's not even someone that you would, you know, aspire to be necessarily or have a business, it's just so attractive to see someone just love themselves. It's, it's sexy, so beautiful. Right? It's sexy. It's attractive. It's inspiring. Mm. And that's the gift that you can give other people in your life. Um, you can give it to your friends, your kids, you know, other people in your community. And 
you never know what a ripple effect that's going to have in your community just from someone going, you know what, you inspired me so much. And some of them will tell you and some of them you'll never know. Yeah. But it, it, it would have created a difference in their life. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's really important, Denise, that you brought that up. It's not about feeding your ego by, you know, giving you that significance with everybody saying to you all of the time how much of an impact you've made on them. It's about you knowing that you're having an impact and that that one person at a time, one blog post at a time, one live stream at a time, one way or another, you are changing the game forever. Yeah, absolutely. Denise, what are some of the things that you find women really need to know but they don't know how to ask for as far as being successful in the online business space goes? <laughs> well, I, the first thing that popped into my head actually was not necessarily anything to do with business, but it's that you don't have to do all the things in your house and your home either. Um, because I see people who I'm like, you know, either, you know, you've got a degree or you've got a successful business or, you know, you've got a book to write or you've got this big dream. Why are you doing everything at home and feeling like you have to be the housewife as well? And, you know, that's not criticizing anyone who wants to be a stay at home mom. I've got lots of friends and they just get so much joy out of it and love out of it. But if you want a business, this is for the people, you know, who want a business, they want to make money. It's like, why do you feel like you have to do everything at home as well? Even if your business isn't making a ton of money right now, this is an investment for your future. Like this is an investment for your family. You can create, you can spend time writing your book that could potentially pay you for the rest of your life in royalties or you can clean the playroom that's going to get dirty by the end of the day as well, that no one is going to notice. Um, so that's the thing that is a game changer for a lot of women and was a game changer for me was hiring a cleaner. Mm. But it was more than that. It was pushing back on Mark. Um, Mark would come home and go, oh, why didn't you do some washing while you're at home? And I was like, I could say I so much working. to that right now. I know. I was like... I was like, it didn't occur to me. I was like, it didn't occur to me because I was working. And I remember that first year of working in my business and I wasn't earning a ton of money, but we could be like, hey, babe, can you pick up my dry cleaning? I'd be like, no, go on your lunch break. Like everyone else has to. I was like, no. So, but I had to really push back, even though I was feeling guilty that I wasn't bringing in, you know, as much money as I had when I was in a job at, at, at the start. But I persisted and I refused to do things that weren't making me money. And now it's paid off because now, you know, my business is very abundant and it's benefited Mark and the family for a long time. But it's because I had to push back on the guilt feeling of, of not being all the things to everyone in my family. I just want to touch on that point of you hiring a housekeeper. Now, your blog just recently went fucking viral on that and deservedly so because I know years and years ago when I was an employee, I was a single mother with two children. I had a partner, who, a boyfriend who would come and stay sometimes you know through the week and whatever and I hired a housekeeper I was not making a lot of money right 500 bucks a week or something it was back then but I was an employee and I hired a housekeeper to come once a fortnight and my partner said to me he said that's just like such a waste of money I'm there no fucking way if I have to spend my weekend cleaning up after two teenage girls who are too fucking lazy to do their own shit I don't have any free time. I work from six to six every day and come home and parent and parent before I go to work. 
I don't want to be cleaning my house. And if you can't accept that, that's your deal. Like quite cut and dried, like that's your deal. Absolutely. And I am having a fucking housekeeper. And, uh, you know, I remember Dan, my current partner, years ago, we've been together 10 years. And so, and he'd come home years ago and say like, babe, like why haven't you washed the dishes? Or like, couldn't you have done the, the washing or whatever? And one day I saw a, a thing from Ida Buttros and she said, that a tidy house is a sign of a cluttered mind. And I've just gone, that's fucking gold. <laughs> and I don't have time for a cluttered oh. mind. And, you know, and I <laughs> is a legend regardless of what she some is. people might think. Like she was iconic, is iconic. And she was a leader of the women's empowerment movement long before it was even trendy. And that resonated with me so much. I give two fucks about like, whether there's dishes on the sink, like put them in the dishwasher if that's, you, you know, you're worried about how it looks. I don't get people coming to my house through the day anyway because I'm always working. So it doesn't actually matter, right? I'm making sales. I'm serving my clients. I'm creating. I'm being me. That's what really matters. But I will say, I know a lot of people who hate cooking. I love it. And I, I cook dinner every night. And I will spend half a Sunday afternoon most weeks just doing meal prep. I enjoy cooking. But yeah. you were saying about the housekeeping, that really comes back to the topic we were talking about earlier about making space, like clearing the energetic space to receive. And if you've opened up that space, that allows you more time and then space for receiving in a multitude of different ways, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. And, you know, I, I like cooking too, I, but I've got little kids, you know, and I think when they're older, I might come back to cooking again and, yeah. and enjoy it. So it's not about outsourcing everything in your life. It's only about outsourcing the things that you don't love or don't bring you money. Yeah. Um, that's the key. Yeah. And sometimes when we have this conversation, some people get, you know, they're like, well, it's exploitative to hire another woman to clean your house. And it's like, isn't it funny that it's supposed to, you can't have it both ways in society. It can't mm. be the most fulfilling, lovely thing ever if we do it yeah. but exploitative and horrible and disgusting if we hire another woman to do it society has to choose <laughs> yeah exactly i think it's actually just giving back right like for me i saw that i was i mean i used to work as a cleaner 15 years ago i was a housekeeper i'd, I'd spent you know my children are adults now but throughout their childhood i was cleaning piss pans in, in golf clubs i was you know doing all the things i was a housekeeper i was um, work. When I first moved to the Tweed Coast, I worked in housekeeping at one of the resorts here. I mean, I've, you know, I've done that, but everybody needs money. And if there's a woman out there who has employed herself one way or another as a cleaner, she deserves remuneration for that. What makes me a bad guy for giving her that money? I totally agree with you. And it's like, you know, sometimes a job is just a job. I've, I've had to do cleaning. My mum's had to do cleaning. And be, be a nice employer. Be a kind employer and pay your people well. And you won't feel like you're exploiting people. You're actually a job creator, which, yes. is, which is amazing. And as you said, you know, you hire assistants. And when I think of the people that I hire in my life, because I refused to do that work before and worked on my business instead, now, not only can I employ people, but I pay taxes as well. And I pay a ton of taxes that goes back that, you know, really helps pay more than pays for, you know, being on welfare as a kid and getting a hex debt and all those, yeah. all those things. And Oz study, I'm so proud to be able to pay that back, but yeah. I wouldn't have been able to do any of that if I, if I stayed stuck and didn't allow myself to have that dream. 
Yeah, absolutely. Now, I love that you brought up taxes because this is a big block for, for not just women, but for people overall, everybody. Like, people get the shits when they've got to pay tax. But everybody loves, especially in Australia, because we've got such a wonderful public health system and, you know, we have, have good quality roads and infrastructure and, and that sort of thing. Well, without us paying taxes, without somebody paying taxes, we wouldn't have those luxuries and they are bloody luxuries. Yeah, they are. And I mean, I think last year I paid something like 400000 in taxes and I was fine with it you know I yeah of course I work with an accountant and you know reduce my tax as much as legally possible but it feels really good knowing that you know I am contributing in in that way it feels good and I tell you what so many women are scared of paying taxes they're scared of earning enough to have to pay GST and you've got it's a mental block it's okay for us to do it well I know why I am I, I, I well I was it's because as a kid growing up, the way that my mum spoke about the tax man and, you know, like I remember as a kid going and visiting um, Centrelink with her and I could feel from her energy how nervous she was because that person sitting there and it was, it was mostly men back then, he had the power to choose whether or not we were going to eat in my little kid's mind, right? So you know, it's how we're talking to our kids about things like taxes and about authority figures around money. When I sat down, when I started my business, I went to the ATO and said, I'm starting my business. And they gave you like a free session where they could, you know, set things up. And I was sweating. I was thinking, I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to get found out as a fraud. Um, he is going to know straight away that I'm, you know, faking being a businesswoman. Yeah. He is going to, you know, I felt like I was just going to get in trouble all the time. And so that's for me where it came from for me. And I think most of us have got similar stories um, where it just, or we've been told that we're not good with money. So we're afraid that we're going to, if we earn more, then we'll screw it up somehow and then we'll get in trouble and all that kind of stuff. Oh man, like it's, it's so expensive. Like we could seriously talk about this stuff for months on end. Like there's so much stuff, isn't there? Yeah, it's, it's a lot. And so that's why I don't want people to beat themselves up over it because, you know, it, however old you are, that's how long you've been accumulating these blocks. And until you give yourself permission to look at them and to clear them and have the tools to do that, then no wonder you're struggling because it's a lot to deal with. It's a lot of mental, emotional, energetic clutter to deal with. Yeah, absolutely it is. Denise, we need to wrap things up. I've really enjoyed this and I know there's so much goodness inside this, this podcast for our listeners. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for sharing your genius with us and your queendom and your time. I would love to get you back on the show again in a few months' time. Are you open to doing that? Of course. Excellent. Excellent. Now, Denise, do you have any last words for our listeners? Yes. So I've got a new book out at the moment, Chillpreneur. Um, and it really goes through my philosophy around business, around finding your path of least resistance, about letting it be easy, about being okay, not being everything to everyone. So I really highly recommend that everyone go and grab that book. And I will be doing a book tour as well in Australia this year. So hopefully, um, as long as you're on my newsletter list, just at, you know, denisedt.com slash newsletter or follow me on social, you know, you'll find out about um, the tour because I would love to see a lot of your listeners in person. Yeah, fantastic. And do you know where you're going in Australia? Have you set locations at this point? Yeah. So we're doing Newcastle, Central Coast, Wollongong, 
Sydney, Adelaide, Perth, Melbourne, Brisbane and Gold Coast, Darwin, Auckland. We might do Wellington, depends. And we're also, we might do Coffs Harbour as well. Awesome. I love that. And this. I'd love to do Tassie. I'd love to do Tassie. <laughs> Yeah, Tassie would be great. People just don't do Tassie, do they? Like it's always it's like left no. off the left off the coast and it's left off the <laughs> off the tour list. Yeah. Awesome. So, yes. I'd love to see lots of people in person. And you know, if you want me to come to your town, then start telling people about my books and things like that because we'll go wherever demand is. But, you know, we can't just go for one person, unfortunately. No, absolutely not. <laughs> it just doesn't work that way, right? No. Awesome, Denise. Thank you so much for your time. Have a wonderful rest of your day and I hope to chat with you again soon. Thanks, Laura. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Badassery Unleashed podcast. You can find this episode and more over at laurafrancis.com.au. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed making it. Be sure to check out my free digital publication, Badassery Unleashed magazine. Inside each issue, you'll find a mixture of inspirational success stories, business blueprints, strategies, and wealth mindset practices, plus exclusive access to offers, free trainings, behind the scenes into my world, mindset, spirituality, alignment, manifestation, entrepreneurship, and all that that entails. You can find Badassery Unleashed magazine at bit.ly forward slash badassery unleashed magazine remember to also hop over and rate us on itunes and to share this episode with your friends and loved ones who you know will relate and benefit from it and if you're not already come over and join me in my private facebook group 365 badass i go live almost every other day and constantly share tips tools and hacks on how you can quickly and easily dispose of the mindset marketing and sales ish that's blocking your natural flow of abundance and preventing you from sharing your message boldly and confidently from calling in more and more of your soulmate clients and from getting the sales you desire and enjoying the money and lifestyle you deserve Together, let's rip the band-aid off the shit that's preventing you from living your life abundantly, fully expressed on your terms and by your rules. I hope to see you there soon.